This is very exciting. This is like the beginning. It's yeah. Thing did. We we can. I mean, it's done now. We don't have to do anything else. Things thing, thing did. Well, I mean, we kind of have to do a few more things because you know the thing in and of itself is doing something. Right. Right. So let's say what the thing is. Describe it, Mika. What are we doing? We're doing a, a podcast from the other side of the world. Well, almost from, from, from pretty far away. Like from, I couldn't, sw- I couldn't swim over there. That's it's pretty far. That is definitely true. Um, you also couldn't bike over there, which is the thing we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, that's true. So where are you? I'm in Finland. I'm sitting on my living room floor uh, in Vanta, Finland, which is just north of Helsinki. And I'm having a wonderful time. Why are you in Finland, Mika? So I'm in Finland because I had a Finnish passport or could have a Finnish passport. And I had been told that Finland was a pretty swell place to live. And I was like, I want to go check that out. And it turned out to be true. I, I can ride a bike everywhere. The public transport is good here. The, the healthcare is good here. You know, it's a, it's a nice place to be. So while you're over there in that nice, wonderful place, I'm over here in another place. That is the United States in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is where we met. Correct. Why were you in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Micah? Uh, it's just going to be me making accusatory uh, statements at you. The this, whole- was an, this was an elaborate ploy to make me feel bad about leaving. I, I get it. <laughs> Always. Um, I was in Baton Rouge. Wow, that's kind of a long story. Um I was in the United States because I met my lovely wife, Jennifer, online, and then I moved to the United States to get married. And shortly after moving to the United States, she got a job in Baton Rouge in the fantastic East Baton Rouge Parish Library System. So that's how I ended up in Baton Rouge. And when was that? Give us a timeline. That was in 2007. Yeah, 2007. And I have been here forever, literally. Yeah, a little, little, little bit longer than that. You were born in Finland. Raised in Australia, moved to the United States, and then moved back to Finland. Is this right? Do I have the timeline right? It's pretty close. I was born in Germany, but everything else is fine. Oh my gosh, Germany. I didn't even know that one. (laughs) News. It's news. We're learning things. We're learning things. Okay. So you're born in Germany to Finnish parents. Correct. Who then moved to Australia. Correct. Which is where you lived for your life up until the age of? Uh, nine, what was that? 2007. I guess it was, was I 21 already? Something like that? I don't know. This is your life, not mine. <laughs> right. I haven't been taking notes. Sorry. Oh, geez. You should probably do that. So then you lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for mm-hmm. How many years? I, I lived there for uh, 12 years. I 12 guess. years. Total, yeah. And then I have lived here for a sum total of 41 years and uh, about, what, five years ago or so is when we met, I would say? Six? Yeah. Uh, f- uh, let's let's say five years. It might have been six. It might have been four. I don't know. Let's say five years. All right. Um, <laughs> when was and- the accident? When was that? Because that's the official date of when how we met it it was the third or the fourth of may in whatever year it was i i only remember the date because a couple of days after we went with jennifer to a restaurant and it was like cinco de mayo or something like that um but but i, I do I, I confess i forget the year it's it funny like, it, it seems like a thing i should know it's I funny guess. because we we decided beforehand that we were going to tell our genesis story we knew we were going into this and neither one of us know the answer to the question of the thing that basically united us as friends. We suck. 
Well, I think also the thing that united us as friends is that we're willing to go into something like this pretty unprepared. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and, and I think it seems somewhat appropriate that we just get that out of the way early. I, you know, definitely. How we met was through a, mm, I want to say a love of bikes. No, that's how we became friends. How we met was because you got hit by a car. Yeah, so me and two friends, Matthew Bartle and Justin Weaver, we were riding bikes on a bike ride called Monday Metro Madness. The Monday Metro Madness bike ride, as you might uh, expect, can get a little bit wild. Um, it happened late on Monday evenings because on late on Monday evenings, there's not a lot of traffic. So we got to do all, all kinds of crazy things during the history of that, that bike ride, riding on places and roads and not roads where otherwise you wouldn't get to do it. And on this particular evening, uh, in whatever year, it was we were riding down where was it again what's 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 that what's that road called river road i believe it was it wasn't river road it was the one next to river road nicholson nicholson we were on nicholson and um we were we we were on the in the shoulder and then we we got into the lane to make a left turn and then we got plowed from behind by a red truck and i was okay and matt bartol was relatively okay he went to the hospital and he had some back pain and this kind of stuff and justin weaver was very much not okay he spent several weeks or months in the hospital but he's fine now and then through the course of that samantha that's me yes thank you um through your job learned of this and and then i can pass the the story bowl over to you i was about to say should i ask you what my job is should i just keep interrogating you to to tell the story no no you have the story bowl now okay my turn my turn to tell the story okay so on my side of the story i work as a journalist and so sometimes i write stories and this particular story was about the car crash and i found you on social media sent you a message because I wanted to get more information about this crash and so I did and you were telling me what happened and uh, what um, the condition of Justin was as he recovered because it was a hit and run I believe and so they were searching for the person responsible and at this point in Baton Rouge history, uh, these bicycle crashes were kind of becoming a lot of big attention because of a couple fatal incidents that had occurred. And then also one um, involving Mike Bitten, which we should do a whole story on sometime, but uh, we'll save that for another day. Mm-hmm. And so in doing that story, you and I had a lot of back and forth conversations because you were the one person who was uh, okay to kind of talk about everything. And um, um, then one day I'm out riding my bike and around a corner and I said, hey, that's that that blonde haired foreign guy. Uh, I didn't know you were foreign at the time, but that <laughs> that's that blonde haired guy who I've been talking to via email, I think it was, or a text message. And uh, he's leading a bike ride. So I go over and we chat and I join the bike ride, which was a fabulous bike ride about gardening, which I wasn't into yet. Emphasis uh, on yet. Yet, yet. And um, that's that's thanks to your wife. Your wife did that to me. And then the rest, as we say, is uh, history that we're telling now. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's more or less the gist of it. And and I do do recall, I do specifically recall, which is 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 kind of funny look, looking back on it now. How for some reason you 
didn't enjoy or or didn't want to or didn't like doing any kinds of group rides that was just not a thing like you were just like mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't want to do that i don't not like into that. it at all Mm-mm. i was a lone wolf yeah still still are in many respects yes uh-huh. yeah totally not into the group rides and there you were leading a group ride and there i was joining the group ride of which i was very much disinterested in being part of but i was very disinterested in group rides because i was very anxious about uh being uh judged which i think is a thing that a lot of people feel uh, about group rides like am i supposed to wear a helmet do i have to have all the lights is spandex required i mean there's just so many questions and um it's intimidating and uh really the only thing it takes to be part of a group ride is a bike and everything else is optional if you feel like you have to ask those kind of questions you're at the wrong group, right? Yeah, totally. So you've led hundreds, I would say, group rides at this point. That's probably true. Certainly true. Yeah, let's say that's certainly true. All right. Well, now tell people how you got interested in the bikes and I'll tell them how I got interested in the bikes because (laughs) it's crazy that we became friends over a crash and then continued to do the thing that was so notable. It became a story in the news. And so we went out and did it together. Like, that's pretty it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird that there was a thing that where i could have been injured or 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 killed or what have you and then we both said let's do more of that together yeah exactly exactly and uh and then i followed you like uh crazy lady i think is is the best way to put that uh no no comment (laughs) um so how how so i got into bikes because i'm really lazy (laughs) So when I was a young man in Australia and, and where, where I was growing up and it became time to get a driver's license, I didn't want to do that because that was a lot of work. So instead of getting a driver's license, I just caught a bus or a train and then rode a bike uh, where possible. And then I moved to Baton Rouge and I thought I would just continue with that lifestyle. But the whole catching a bus and train thing in Baton Rouge didn't really work out. That's a, that's, that's a different story, I guess. So I was like, well, I guess I'll ride. And then it turned out that riding in Baton Rouge was, was also not so great, at least at that time. And certainly for where I lived, which is out in the, the suburbs, I guess. At that point, I started to get like a little bit serious. I was like, well, hey, if I'm going to like ride a bike in Baton Rouge, which is not ideal. I'm gonna like want to do it a little bit properly. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine who actually sold me my first fancy road bike. He invited me to a bike safety course um, through which I ended up being certified to teach that course itself. And then I kind of, that, that was kind of just like, you know, we, we did a little bit of stuff with that and, and thought a little bit here and there, but that, that never really took off. And, 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 the, and that whole idea never really took off until after the crash when I made some more friends and we like together kind of really thought like, this is kind of serious. You know, we have to do something more about it. See, your, your answers are so complicated always. It's like you were born in Germany and then raised and also it's all these things and all these complications mine is like eh, i was born here and uh my story is eh, i was fat um i got too fat i really did i got too fat and uh my 30s my metabolism just went and i had to start doing something about it and i had gone to austin to visit a friend who was living there who was a big bike guy and we rode bikes because he had like a million bikes to dinner one night and I was like well this is pretty cool I can do this so I decided to get a bike started riding bikes my bike 
to work, which was only two miles away. But you'd think I was uh, participating in a marathon the way people treated it. It was like, oh my gosh, you ride your bike to work? Like, yeah, it's two miles. I could never, it's really not hard. It's really super easy. And it's not that far. I think, I think people's perceptions of a mile is like more like 10 miles. Like they hear, oh, it's two miles away. Or you rode a bike for two miles. It's like you would be doing 20 miles or something uh, in their minds. I don't know. It definitely surprised a lot of people. It definitely surprised me when I started doing it. And then along the way, I started increasing the miles, trying to do more. I still remember you making fun of me. (laughs) Not making fun of me, but um, politely poking at me for my uh, excitement over reaching 20 miles in one day. And that was an achievement for me. And, and, uh, I'm, uh, and I'm still very proud of you. Hey, thanks. And, and then um, I think we should tell about the absolute most excitingly terrifying journey we ever took together. If you have to ask which one. Uh, no, I, 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 know what it, I, I know which one it is. I think the, the, the most notable thing about this particular story is none of the, the, the ride itself or how far it was or the craziness or, or what. I, I think for me, the most notable thing about it was that it was your idea. I, I agree. That was the most ridiculous part about it. We're now friends. We're now going on frequent bike rides, going to different places, going on group rides. And so I start, we start riding more and more and more. And then I decide I want to do a super crazy thing. Like most of my crazy, stupid ideas. I say, Hey, do you want to do this with me? And you as you always do, said yes, because I think the only person crazier than the one who brings up the idea is the one who agrees to go along with it. So that's you. I was supposed to be going to Thanksgiving at my sister's house in St. Francisville, which was 45 minute. It's about a 45 minute drive, I believe. And uh, uh, from where we live, I was supposed to be going there for Thanksgiving. I hate Thanksgiving. I hate going to St. Francisville to visit my sister. Sorry. Sorry, Spice. I love you, but I hate where you live. Uh, Not a fan of it at all. So I thought, well, let's make this interesting. I had been wanting to do a long ride, a really long ride. And I said, Mika, do you want to ride with me to St. Francisville for Thanksgiving? And you said, yeah, okay, sure. Because, you know, why not? Yeah. How far was that? It was like 75. The, 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 the full day was was in that 70 mile kind of range. Yeah. Right. And and by that point, I was like still, I think, celebrating 20 mile days. I don't, I don't know. I, some- I, 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 I think I think the, I think one way a ride of that would have been like a celebration worthy achievement. And, and you decided to do two in one day. Yeah, because that's how I do. Um, so we took off that morning and your lovely amazing wonderful wife who who we've now mentioned a couple times and not said anything about um is perhaps the most supportively crazy person among us all because if i suggest it and you agree to it makes you crazy she's right there with us all because she drove to saint francisville to have thanksgiving dinner with us so. and this was before she had even met you let alone your parents was oh, it yeah, i think it was i think it was so mm-hmm. it's just like yeah sure i'll go with you random folk out to somebody else's family's thanksgiving gathering Sounds so that you so that you can have a bike ride 
so that I can have a bike ride, so that you can have a bike ride. So that's that's incredible. <laughs> so we left that morning pretty early, eight, nine o'clock, something like that. Yeah, we, we left pretty early. And then we had decided to take a slightly longer scenic route on the way up. And we stopped at a park. Yeah. And I believe we had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I think it was something like that. Because we were headed to, to lunch, to dinner, lunch, di- mid midday meal. But um, when you ride that many miles, you need some calories in between or else you will not make it. This is true. We had uh, the meal that has some kind of name and then we continued on. And then at some point, I guess we were still a good maybe 20 minutes away. Uh, I guess it was your dad who drove by us or, or drove back towards us and was like, hey, our, hey, it's you guys. And there was some kind of conversation, if I recall. <laughs> are we are we now done with the Thanksgiving meal and we're headed back now? No, 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 no. So, no so, someone someone greeted us on, on the way there, too. Oh, okay. I don't even remember that. You win that. There, there was, there, yeah. Well, so somebody greeted us and then we 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 went on to the Thanksgiving meal, which was preceded by a, a, a lie down in the hammock, at least for me, because your sister <laughs> had a hammock in the backyard. Okay. So we, we had the, we had the Thanksgiving meal, um, which, you know, we're talking about the time of year where you have less daylight hours. So we, we've already screwed ourselves a good bit because we're already definitely going to have to ride in the dark. Yeah. And, and like riding in the dark is fine if you're adequately prepared for the conditions. <laughs> and we were slightly underprepared uh, because primarily for two reasons. One is a the, the highway that goes between Baton Rouge and, and St. Francisville. It's got a shoulder most of the way. And on this particular occasion, it had even less shoulder because there was a bunch of construction and road work and all that kind of stuff. So there was a significant stretch. I don't know. I mean, it was a half a mile or a mile where there was like no shoulder at all. And there was like the big, uh, you know, temporary concrete walls on, on each side. We decided we're not going to ride on the road. We're going to ride slash walk on the railway track, which is safer because there's no cars on it. And then uh, upon this railway track, we encountered a bridge. Which went over a a very deep ravine. It must have been ten or twelve feet. No, deeper than that. It, it may perhaps it was forty. <laughs> all I and, saw was certain death. That's mm-hmm. all I saw. You yeah. Know. And uh, my my favorite part of this story. So when there's a problem that comes up, I'm the kind of person who immediately tries to solve the problem, and that's not always the right thing to do. You you sometimes want to think. How, you know, how do people feel about this? You know, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. We get to the bridge and it's, it's those big railway, you know, wood pavery more things. I don't know what they're called, but there's, you know, significant gaps between them. And it's kind of scary looking down there and like seeing the <clears throat> 14 foot ravine. And um, they, we didn't have a whole bunch of light. And Samantha, you may not have had, had any light, perhaps. I don't remember. Well, I had a light, but it wasn't the best light. It was a pretty bought at Walmart light. Yeah. So it was kind of scary. And, and there was not a lot of light for either of us. So my suggestion was, Samantha, since this is kind of scary and you're obviously scared of this, and I have a better light, why don't you go first so we, you can see my light? <laughs> I'm glad this is your favorite part because this is my favorite part of the story too. <laughs> um, if I recall, I ended up going first. Oh, you did. I, because I believe my response was, hell no, you go first and I will be right here behind you. Maybe. <laughs> if you make it across, I'll decide if I'm going to go across as well. Uh, spoiler, we survived. <laughs> yeah. Un- unharmed, unfazed. 
full of a lot of adrenaline and made the rest of the ride pretty easy. Escorted by your parents for some some amount of miles. They followed us for the remainder of the ride, but they didn't make themselves known, but they they were a bit concerned. When it became dark and uh, we're riding down um, a highway where people are going, you know, 60, 70 miles per hour on a holiday where people typically drink, you know, I don't know. It was rather alarming, I guess. Not the thing most parents want to see their kid doing. But it was very sweet for them to follow us behind quietly and just let us do it. I I appreciate (laughs) that. They just wanted to be there in case. Imagine if somebody had to pick up body parts. It would be better if it was them. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, once you get out of, uh, once you get out of the uh, country area with the fast zooming cars, it's not like we had reduced our danger level by any point. We then drive through the area of town that's considered one of the most dangerous for uh, crime and shootings and, you know, robberies and all these things. So, and we're just pedaling along, like, no, no problems here. No problems here. So I, I, I get where the hesitation came from. I think the other, other things that stuck out, that stood out in my mind were um, the amount of uh, beer cans along the way that we saw on the side of the road and uh, dead animals. Those were the two things. Beer cans and dead animals. I, I remember the dead animals because you kept on looking at them and being upset. And I remember <laughs> telling you, Samantha, don't look at the animals. They're making you upset. <laughs> yeah, it was sad. Yeah. So eventually I did get good at not looking at all the dead animals. That was that was pretty gross. So then um, we do this ride. And I think that pretty much solidified the fact that we were going to be on a forever journey of doing bizarre things together. I don't know how many more crazy things we did. I think that was probably the craziest. The rest of them are just kind of oddly interesting. It also depends on, on what you mean by crazy. That that was like physically pretty crazy. Like as far as like just distance and, and cars and you know all that kind of stuff. But we have done other like I don't know socially crazy or like just like setting up crazy random bike events that shouldn't work but then some somehow do. That's true. But the thing that I learned from you during all that and kind of the reason why we're here today is um, the the let's let's do a thing kind of mantra and that that became our mantra of let's do a thing and see what happens and it doesn't matter if it works or it doesn't work let's just do it because like you said you see something and you want to come up with a solution for it uh, you see a problem you want to solve it um, but in that same regard rather than thinking about whether or not you want to do this activity you usually just say yes and do it and it either works out or it doesn't, but you don't really spend a whole lot of time dwelling over whether or not you should do it. Whereas I only dwell on whether or whether or not I should do something and spend pretty much every minute of the day leading up to that decision that I've made, thinking about the possible negative consequences that could go along with it. So being around you definitely helped me to retrain my brain at least a little bit to just go with it 
and see what happens and not spend too much time thinking about how to achieve the thing. Just do it. It will be what it is. Where does that come from in you? Where did you get that? Have you always been that way? No, I, I don't know where it came from. And and I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure it particularly existed even a whole bunch before the whole getting hit by a car thing. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. Maybe there was maybe there was some of that in the bumper and it like got in my skin or something like that. I'm not sure. Do you think that the accident was a life-changing moment for you then? I mean, there's no question it was life life-changing. Not 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 so much the, the crash, but all the stuff that happened afterwards. You know, there's there's plenty of people, unfortunately, who get who get involved in a car crash and that doesn't particularly change. I'm I'm sure it does a little bit, but the the fact that afterwards there were so many, I mean, let's, let's put it this way is a day or two after that, I forget exactly when, but we had like a little, uh, it wasn't like a vigil because, because nobody died, but we did like an awareness ride and it, there was 50 or hundred people there, you know? So I was not there. No, you, 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 you were, you were not, not, not there at that, that point just yet, but there, there was so many people that were somehow affected by this or, or involved or, or whatever that, there was, it's it's too strong a word to, to, to say that I felt like there was a responsibility to kind of do something with that energy, but but maybe that it would have been wasted if, if there wasn't something done with that energy, I guess. So how do you get back on a bike after that? I mean, how, I mean. Le- left leg first for me, for some people it's right leg. But yeah, it's <laughs> there. Um, no, but seriously, how, how do you, because um, truth be told, that's not the last first or last that wasn't the first or was that the first time you got hit by a car uh it was not the first and it's not the last right but it was the most monumental yeah. I think. yeah yeah this was by far the the serious yes yeah so how do you know how do you continue riding and then not only continue riding but really i think at that point you know and in, in the years that followed you really became a uh, one of the biggest uh, bike advocates for Baton Rouge or in Baton Rouge, not for Baton Rouge, but um, you, you definitely were very well known. Yeah, uh, I think, and this this might become might might come as a surprise to Samantha and some of the people that know me, but I, I think the biggest motivator there was just like rage, just like oh. screw you for hitting me with a car. I'm going to ride my bike even more because of that, you know, something like that. That is a surprise. I've never yeah. even heard you talk about like, you are the most chill person I've ever met ever in life. So for you to say rage, like that's a big word for you. Yeah. It's four letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, so you just, so, but it was something. It, it was, it was, it was, and I, I remember pretty specifically, like the, the, the day after the big crash, I, I, we, I drove with, with Jennifer to the hospital to see Justin and, and Matt and some other people. But the day after that, I guess two days after the crash, I rode to the hospital, the, what is it, the Our Lady of the Lake Hospital on Essen, which is like not super great to ride a bike on. I, I very specifically recall being pretty terrified about that bike ride, you know, just getting out there in traffic again but the the reason i did it is because a, i mean a i have to get there and b i'm not gonna let someone else's bad decision take away my ability to enjoy something that that, that, that i want to do and then the other thing i recall is i remember when i got to the the hospital I, I i remember very very specifically having this thought that i'm not scared anymore and i don't remember where it went away along that ride you know Mm. And speaking of the big, long, epic bike ride that we were on, that ride, I think I gained the most of your Micah-isms. 
because we spent, I mean, uh, total number of hours had to have been at least six to seven hours on bikes, something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, you spend a lot of time talking during that. And I think the biggest thing that I remembered was how scared I felt when we, when the cars, especially on the way, on the way there, there weren't that many cars. I feel like I remember it was n- not nearly as many cars as there were coming back. And, and, and it was daylight and it was daylight also. Then. It, and was it was like, it was, it was a much better situation going up than coming back. Correct. So, and there was a lot, it was a lot calmer for some reason going there, uh, even though it was, I, I don't know what, it's a lot more anxiety going into it. But once you started going, you know, the anxiety goes away and just turns into energy. And then you're just kind of energized to see if you could do it. But then once you get there, you're like, okay, well, I did it now. Oh God, now I have to go back. Crap. Like, with, a, with, a, with a belly full of food. With a belly full of food and, and the real knowledge that there's no way we're going to make this before nightfall. You know, we knew we were going to be riding in the dark. We knew it was going to be um, a lot more dangerous and we knew that it was going to be scarier, but I don't know where it came from. There definitely was a lot of, a lot of, uh, what is that word I'm looking for? Uh, Trust. There we go. There was a lot of trust. And that's funny that that's the word that I get hung up on, but there was a lot of trust that go, that went into uh, my faith in you and It was because you would say things like, as I was super anxious when the cars would zoom by, I would turn around a lot to see, and that would make me more anxious and feel more and more unsure. And you would be like, don't turn around. Don't, what can you do? You know, say you were to see the car coming at you. Would you be able to get out of the way? No. I mean, like there's really, it, it, it kind of turned into a way of looking at life and kind of dealing with that anxiety that I deal with constantly. Because on a serious note, yes, I did start getting into bikes for the purpose of getting healthier and losing weight, but also it became a big part of dealing with my anxiety attacks that I've dealt with for my entire adult life. And so, and a lot of that goes into this is scary. It's not an easy thing to do. And the scariness is that you just have to put your faith and trust that it's all going to work out because there's literally nothing else you can do. Yeah. And, and, and another thing to kind of think about there is there, there's this, um, there's this kind of stereotype of like the, the urban bicyclist or whatever, as this like angry person who like hates people in cars and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I've seen it. It, 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 it can be true. Right. But when you, when you, when you were just saying about how, if, if you're looking back behind you all the time, looking at like, is this the car that's going to hit me? Is it, like, if you're waiting for that, then you're going to think about those people as quote unquote, the enemy, the person who's going to hit me. Right. Whereas if you, if you look forward, if you say, I trust these people to do the right thing, whether they do it or not, then it, it kind of breaks down that us versus them. Those guys are the enemy kind of thing, you know? And not to say you're not without anxiety. I mean, you have anxiety, but you have a healthy anxiety that doesn't prevent you from doing things. I have 
and anxiety that prevents me from getting on airplanes because they scare the ever living crap out of me. And I do it, but I don't like it. And uh, I don't like driving on the interstate because the interstate's scary. And um, so, you know, I felt in an odd way, more comfortable being on that bike ride in St. Francisville than I would have been in a car because on the bike, you really have to focus on where you're going. Because if you're turning around, looking at the cars behind you, you're going to, you're going to get hurt. Probably. You're probably going to fall. You're going to run into the guy guy next to you. You're going to run into the guy next to you. Uh, You know, you might uh, clip that bike, fall over, get end up with a broken toe. Um, not speaking from experience or anything there, Mika. Yeah. So you have to focus on what you're doing. And that was the thing that really transformed me during my daily bike rides. So, so that big long ride, yes, that was a, that was a transformative experience. I'm not going to lie. That was definitely something by the end of it. I was like, I did that. <laughs> you know, we did that today. That's crazy. I can't believe I did that. But what really changed me for the better were the daily commutes to work. And it's funny because that two miles that everyone thinks is so crazy, um, in those two miles, I had the calmest part of my day. That was like my 15 minutes it took me to, you know, door to door. But in that 15 minutes, I was very tapped into my surroundings. I was very aware of what was happening around me. I was very connected to my environment, I guess you could say. And I was calm, calm going into it. And and it gives you a little boost of adrenaline. It gives you a little boost of endorphins. It gives you a little boost of all these things that by the time I get to work, I just feel good. And on the days that I had to drive to work, uh, one day I actually counted. I said, I counted in my head and said out loud, out loud anxiety or frustration or something like I can't remember what word I said but every time I got irritated on that drive to work I said it five times by the point of getting to work five times and 15 I mean 15 minutes it took same amount of time to drive to work as it did to bike and on that ride on that drive five times I was irritated bothered aggravated because and you get it's so funny because you get so aggravated by the littlest thing when you're in a car like somebody going slow and you're just like oh you get all frustrated and mad and it's like I gotta hurry up and get you don't have to hurry you know, but you feel like you should because there's some sort of like entitlement to faster and getting to where you need to go. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like that clicks on in your brain of like, I have to get there. I have to get there. But um, when you're on your bike, you know, you're only going to get there so fast and trying to go faster just means you're going to expend more energy. So that's dumb. (laughs) 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 Or you're going to get hotter or sweatier or whatever. So you're you're just going to be grosser when you get to work. All right. So just take it at the pace that you're, you want to go. And that's, that's, you're kind of locked in, (laughs) you know, and that, so in that regard, you know, those two mile trips were the things that changed me, I think more than anything in those little weekend pedal abouts, (laughs) not walkabouts, but pedal about (laughs) that we have, you know, just exploring the city and just doing random little things you know, those were the truly transformative moments for me. Yeah. And, and that, that reminds me of a, of a quote by one of our great modern thinkers, Doug Moore. He, uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing in some solidarity. 
<laughs> it's not so much like Corey, but, but he likes to tell people that, you know, so exactly like you were saying is, is when you're driving, you're going, going to work or whatever, like you hate it, you're, you're upset, you're, you're annoyed. And like, it just sets you up for, for having a bad day. And Doug Moore's quote or saying or whatever is that his commute is always the best part of his day. So when he gets to work or when he gets home, he's always happy. It's totally true. It really does make all the difference in the world. And now I have moved so close to my work that I can't even bike to work. I walk to work because it's a five minute walk. I was trying, I was biking it at first and I was like, well, that was utterly pointless because that was the shortest bike ride ever. Um, so now I walk it and it's the same, it's the same principle. It's less time, but it's definitely my favorite part of my day because I put on a podcast. I walk nice and slowly. I listen to my little podcast in the morning. And by the time I get to work, you know, again, you've got that little bit of adrenaline, you've got a, that little bit of endorphins, um, those things that we totally seem to deprive ourselves of when we, in, in kind of modern culture, it's, it's amazing when you think about the average person and how little movement they have in their day. For most people, getting in and out of the car and walking in and out of buildings is the most amount of activity physical movement that they have in a day. And, and that's not to say that, you know, anything's wrong with you if you're living your life that way. It's just to say that I promise you, if you have more activity in your day, you're going to feel different. You're, you're, you're just, you're just missing out. Yeah, definitely. And it helps with uh, all the things that I've mentioned as far as your anxiety levels, your mental health, your um, satisfaction with your day, like as, as Doug mentioned, it really just, I don't know, alleviates something in the brain that just makes you feel more connected. And I, I used to say, you know, bike people, when I started going on the group rides, thanks to you, by the way, um, when I started going on the rides and I started meeting this community of people that existed and and, and because when you meet bike people, there are very few people who are into bikes who are just kind of like, oh, I kind of like a bike. Like usually once you start riding bikes, like you are in love with bikes. And that is something that you want to do as much and as often as you can do. So when you start getting involved with this community of people who have made riding bikes part of their everyday life, you notice something similar between all of them. And that's they're very happy, supportive, helpful people. Yes, you have your few, you know, you have you have some curmudgeons in the group. I'm not going to lie, but for the most part, I, I've met the the kindest people in the bike community. And I like to say, I think it's because of the, the physical activity, because you kind of see that in, in the running world and, and in, in other physical activities as well. You see um, a general level of wellness, I think, mental wellness that goes along with these things. I don't know. Yeah. And, and you also, do, you develop a certain kind of camaraderie doing something not not i mean riding a bike is not that hard but it's like it, it is some kind of physical effort that you have to do together you have to look after each other a little bit going across the intersection you help when someone has a flat you introduce a new person and you you you, you, help, you help them you know figure out how to get to the their part of town or whatever i mean all those little things build connections between you and the next person and the whole group together absolutely and then you end up moving across the globe and you still 
got to be part of that person's life. Pretty rude, really. Even though no matter what you do, you know, it's like you still have your biking buddy right there next to you. Because, I mean, you just can't get rid of that connection once uh, you have it. Right. So, well, I think this is a good end point for today. What do you think? I think we've done a very good job. I'm going to celebrate with some chocolate here in a sec. Well, so um, have a fantastically uh, Mika kind of day and I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. How do I end? Stop. <laughs>